Strong women, smart policy, solid theology, and no apology. You're listening to Women for America, a ministry of Concerned Women for America, the nation's largest public policy organization for women, bringing you biblical perspectives to today's most pressing issues. The following podcast episode was recorded last year on National Women and Girls in Sports Day. Today, as we look back a year later and once again celebrate and recognize female athletics, we continue our fight to protect female athletes from competing against biological males. Joining me is Chloe Satterfield, who is a high school athlete from the state of Georgia. She's now in college, but played tennis in um, in high in high school. And also Macy Petty, who is a uh, volleyball player in college and is from the state of Tennessee. Both of you ladies had a big day today on Capitol Hill. You were requested specifically by name, Macy, uh, by Speaker Kevin McCarthy, and he welcomed both of you to testify on the importance of women's sports and to tell your story. So I would love it if both of you would just take a minute and turn and tell our listeners about what you were testifying about today and um, just why you came to Washington. Of course. So we were both super excited to come to Washington. I came on a six hour notice, hopped on a plane from Georgia and flew down here to speak with Speaker McCarthy and Representative Kiggins. And we were so blessed to be able to share our stories. Um, I competed against a biological male um, my senior year in high school in tennis and lost. And so it's very important that we just keep sharing these stories. Chloe, that, you know, your story, you're not alone. You know, you faced that in high school, and then you became a Young Women for America leader. And so moving on to you, Macy, tell us um, tell us your story. What, what were you sharing today? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a college volleyball player. I play volleyball for a scholarship uh, in Tennessee within the NCAA. And um, so women's sports has been a huge part of my life. It has given me a lot of the educational opportunities uh, with that scholarship by being able to pay for college, but also a lot of other benefits like leadership training and everything like that, um, that has just been so valuable to me. So it's something that I, I really um, care deeply about. And so part of my story is back in high school when I was getting recruited, I would go on all of these club volleyball tournaments around the country. And one time I went and there was a lot of college recruiters there, you know, and like, this is my chance. I get to show off my skills. And I looked on the other side of the net and there was a boy on the court. Um, and that was my competition for the game. And all of these college recruiters watched this boy slam the ball in my face. Um, and something important about volleyball is that men's nets are over seven inches higher than females nets, which are such a reflection um, that our bodies are different and they're designed differently and our sports reflect that. And um, so it was totally unfair. And I had to go through this in front of all of these college recruiters who were trying to analyze my skill, but instead we're watching a boy hit the ball in our faces. Um, so I am so thankful for Young Women for America, who's really given me a voice in this and let me share my story and I do these amazing opportunities like uh, talk with Speaker McCarthy today about why girl sports are so important and why they should be protected. You know, back in um, uh, back in the olden days, when I actually <laughs> was in high school, you know, that it was not too far. So we've got 50 years post Title IX, and it took you know, some time really to even work that out after it was passed um, in the 70s. But, um, you know, even by the 80s, it was still getting worked out. And so girls just did not have the plethora of 
opportunities to play. And not many girls played high school sports. And fast forward now today, and I think the numbers of like 60% of high school uh, women compete in some sort of sports. And so we've changed completely. So now women have something that's theirs, right? We, we have this opportunity and you all talked about scholarships and, um, and of course there's part of being a team and um, the self-worth that you get and, and uh, the things that you learn from being part of a team. And that's all very, very important. Uh, but now we have this new world in which young men or, or boys are working to compete against biological women. Tell me, um, what do you think that means going forward? I mean, we're working very hard to like sort of set boundaries. We're working with NCAA. Who was who outside the Leah Thomas? That, that was yeah, uh, Chloe. Were. Okay, you're both there. So you were both outside the NCAA championship division one swimming when Leah Thomas, who is a biological male, took the trophy um, for his for his division and took it from women. I mean, it, and so tell us about, so that you were outside the actual headquarters. Tell us, tell me a little bit of what that was like standing there. Yeah, it was. Um, it was at Georgia Tech. Yes, it was surreal. Uh, I think one of the most moving parts was not only just seeing like on the live stream, the girls come out of that pool so defeated because they knew there was nothing that they could do against Leah Thomas, who had a very clear and immense biological advantage, but also seeing the parents walking out of the rec center once the competition was over and Leah Thomas had gotten the trophy, just them coming up to us and, you know, they're in tears and they're saying, thank you so much for being out here. Like your voice means something. And you know, we were both out there. We both saw the protesters and it was definitely scary, especially for me. I was a freshman at the time, so I was brand new on campus. Um, so it's not great to have your peers across the street yelling at you, but that really made it all worth it. And it was scary. But at the end of the day, um, like Speaker McCarthy said today, our stories are important and it's important that we keep sharing them because if we don't, this problem is going to be ignored. That's right. So, um, you know, you, you had a lot of media attention for Leah Thomas, and I don't just want to focus on Leah Thomas. I want to, you know, talk about other sports, but what we know is that biological men tend to have bigger hearts, bigger lungs, better oxygenated blood, and in Leah Thomas's case was, I don't know, 6'2", compared to um, some of the other athletes. We saw, you know, the discrepancy in that, but I, that's true also in other sports, right? It's not just swimming. I mean, you you played, um, Macy, you played volleyball, and you were talking about that difference in the, the net, the height of the net. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I spoke about it earlier, but men's and women's volleyball are totally different sports in general. I mean, yeah, the ball, well, actually, it plays with a different ball, but generally it has the same kind of rules, but because our bodies are so different, the way that it's actually executed is totally different. Men's volleyball is more about strength and just like power, how hard you can hit the ball, whereas girl sports is more strategic and looking at placement and things like that. And so totally different games um, beyond just the net height alone, which is crazy, um, but things like that. And I, I was talking with somebody earlier and we're talking about opportunity and people are saying like, oh, if somebody identifies as trans, why don't you want to let them play sports? And we do want them to play sports. We want everyone to have an opportunity to play sports. But sports are separated um, based on sex for a reason. And that's to protect that opportunity because God designed our bodies differently. And sports reflect that. And that's why they're separated to begin with. And that's why we have to protect that so everybody can have a fair shot. 
Don't you feel like people just lost their mind? Absolutely. I mean, they just yes. deny material right. science. Like yeah. you, you obviously can see biological males are bigger, stronger, and yeah. and there just is this sort of thought that women don't matter. Women's yeah. sports doesn't it doesn't matter if it survives. Right. And I I don't know. I mean, tell me what women's sports has meant to you and your ability to achieve and what it's meant to your life, Chloe. Um, Well, I would just say the team aspect of it is so important. And even though tennis is an individual game, like unless you're playing doubles, but it's usually just one on one. But in high school, you're all playing as a team and every match that you win contributes to whether or not your school is going to be another school. So specifically for me, when I was competing in that match against the biological male, it was really disappointing my senior year to not be able to contribute to the team that I had spent four years with. Um, and those were my best friends. They were my teammates. We were there for each other, win or lose. Like, if someone comes off the court crying, you're right there with them. And if they come off celebrating, you're there to celebrate too, because that's a win for everyone. So it was really a community for me. And it was very disappointing to not be able to give back to that community that I had my senior year, because I had to play this individual twice. Um, and both times I lost. So that was twice that I, I was the loser and I wasn't able to contribute to my team. And so what does this mean for locker rooms? I mean, surely they recognize Mm -hmm. that women need privacy and security, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think Riley Gaines put it best when she was talking today. She was like, it is incredibly violating to stand there as a woman and have to strip down in front of a like 6263 man who still has his male parts and just stand there and act like it's fine. Like that's not fine. And it's extremely it makes you feel vulnerable, I'm sure, but also just incredibly violated. Well, I mean, co- colleges and universities are talking out both sides of their mouths mm-hmm. because at one point they recognize assault is real. They recognize that women have rights. They, they need to protect you know, victims. And then at the other side, they say you're bigoted. You have to be quiet. You cannot complain if you have to share a locker room yeah. with a male. Yeah, we're all about promoting female voices, unless the female voices are saying what we're saying right now. That's right, 100%. We were very happy. Now we're at the beginning of the 118th Congress to see that uh, Congressman Stubbe's bill, the Protecting uh, Women and Girls in Sports Act, was reintroduced along with uh, Claudia Tinney and Virginia Fox and other members. And so this is really an opportunity for federal legislators to come down on the side of protecting women. So this is our our opportunity to stand alongside them. I hope our listeners will encourage their congressman or congresswoman to co-sponsor this bill. And um, what what do you want to, how do you want to sign this off? What do you want to say to our listeners? What did they need to know about the importance of women's sports in protecting your rights? Uh, First of all, I'm really encouraged um, to hear that that bill was reintroduced because so many people, um, the NCAA specifically, have been turning their backs on female athletes and females in general. Um, And I think that this is way more than just a sports issue. This is a femininity issue. And um, we need to we need to realize and talk about that God designed our bodies differently and that um, men are men and women are women. And what makes us different is beautiful. And that, that's not something that can be erased or ignored, um, but something that should be celebrated and treasured. And things like volleyball, like why men's, different, men's game is played differently than a female's uh, game is, 
is cool, and it's cool that we get to see both of them. And so that's something that we really need to defend moving forward, not just in the sports arena, but talking about how our bodies are differently um, created differently to begin with, and that um, that's really beautiful. Yeah, our unique <clears throat> dignity, right? And that doesn't mean we're less. Right. Men and women are equal. I think people get kind of hung up on that. Yeah. You can be different. And God created us different, and, you know, we embrace those differences. We're very proud of those differences. We right. are very proud of, you know, being women, and we're proud of all the achievement that we're seeing from our Young Women for America leaders, and we are encouraging them. I truly believe that there's a future president in, in this group, uh, we have uh, 190 chapters that they're pointing at each other. Yes, one of maybe sitting here with me, actually. All right. um, and so I, I just think there's just so much opportunity. Our future leaders are coming up, and it's just a great thing for me to get to, uh, you know, be a very small part of as we encourage you all in your journey. Chloe, what do you want to share with our listeners before we go? I would just say that the introduction of this bill should be very encouraging, especially to girls who have gone through something like me and Macy have, where we've been forced to compete against biological men. Um, This should be a sign to you that it's okay to share your story and that you shouldn't be afraid. And it's really scary to stand up and say that this is what I've been through. Um, And you might, you might face backlash, but that's okay because. What do they say to you? What do they say? Um, you know, yeah, leave out the poor little part of it. (laughs) Transphobic, bigoted, hateful. And something I said today during the panel was this isn't about hate. Like we shouldn't, this is no one on the panel hates any biological male that has chosen to quote unquote identify as a female. It's only about making sure that biological women still have the right to pursue their passions and be successful. Mm -hmm. If you want to compete in sports, you can compete, but you have to compete as the sex you were born as because that's what equality is and that's what's fair. And it's not fair to us that we are called bigoted and hateful for defending ourselves. Well, I mean, you know, the bottom line is if we don't defend it, there will be no more women's sports. There'll be men's sports and then there will be, you know, male, female sports, but there will be no more women's sports. So women will lose our our positions because guess what? The college recruiters want the biggest, stronger, strongest athlete always. Their job is to make sure that they can beat that biological male, which means recruiting another biological male. And there's millions and millions and millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's face it. Sports is big business, right? Even college sports is big business. You know, I can even think about high school sports. I mean, you know, there's this this whole like pressure as a parent to make sure your kid's involved and then it becomes travel, you know, with this sort of idea that maybe all the money and time they're spending will be paid off at the end of the road with a college scholarship. Well, that's a very, very, very small group of people that actually get that. 1%, 1% of high school athletes end up getting college scholarships. I wish parents knew this. Right. <laughs> a lot of them may choose not to give up their entire family time and weekends to right. travel around for, right. you know, whatever. But um, as parents, like, we want to think our kids are superior. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to conclude by thanking you, Miss Penny, and everybody at Concerned Women for America, because literally about 30 minutes ago, we were talking about how I have only been in Young Women for America for about a year. Um, Chloe started her chapter about a year ago or this year. Um, And we were saying that nobody would have known our stories or that that would have happened to us 
um, if it weren't for Young Women for America. And we never would have had the chance to talk with Speaker McCarthy or any, any of these amazing opportunities if it weren't for Young Women for America. So I just want to say thank you for everything that you're doing to empower us and make sure that our voice is heard in this fight too. Well, I love that. I can't close with anything better. We love you all. We'll be praying for you. And our, our hope is to give bigger platforms, give more opportunity for young women to share their hearts, share their story and to grow and achieve. And we just want to be there to support you as you grow and, um, and to support you also spiritually, because we recognize that we're, we're all on a journey and, uh, the, and, and what's really unique about us is we also at the very center of our story and our training is the gospel. And so we're happy to share that with young women and, and bring them along and, you know, hopefully every facet of their lives. So we'll conclude with that. This is Penny Nance. I'm the CEO and president of Concerned Women for America. And this concludes our latest episode of Concerned Women Today. Thank you for joining. Thanks for listening to this episode of Women for America. To keep up with the work that we're doing, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and head to our website, concernedwomen.org.